you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. It certainly can't be going any better wherever you are than it is right here in Studio 66. Maximum strength! <laughs> That's because, as you can plainly see, we're not joined just by our old pal Bucky Brooks. A pleasure to see you once again, but I'm positively over the moon. Christmas has arrived Five or six or I don't know how many months early because look who it is over there, the man <laughs> whose company I have pined for for longer than I can even recall. He's now a part of the show. He's now a part of NFL media. Ike Swagger Taylor. What's the poop, fella? Ike Swagger Taylor. Well, Buck, why your introduction was just so I mean, it's just plain. Because this is old plain. news. No, I, okay. I get it. I get it. It's the Pittsburgh thing. It's no, the it's not thing. the Pittsburgh I, I, I know thing. I know. I get it. I find him I know a role. charming personality. I know That's all. I, I, I he could have played for any team other than the Ravens, and I'd be excited to see him. Here. Shaq, what's popping? How you doing? Well, listen, no one cares. how. I, well, I'll tell you how it's going. I, this morning, had I went out and uh, one of my garbage cans had a huge crack in it, right. and so I had to throw a garbage can into the garbage. <laughs> right. I thought the day couldn't get any better. Then I find out Ike Taylor is signed, sealed, delivered. He's now a part of the big show here. He's boogieing. My yeah. heart is also boogieing. I want to talk about football. Ike, though, how you feeling before we jump into stuff? We're going to get right into the show right. because we have nothing but time now to kibitz you, me, Bucky, all the rest of the gang. But I want to know how you're doing. Training camp obviously underway for the Pittsburgh Steelers. First time in, what, 20 years that you haven't been practicing around 12, this time of year? Yeah, but years. then you throw in the college years and everything else. Oh, yeah. How you feeling? Are you, are you sad to not be there? No. Or are you happy? No, I was in training camp. So I've been in training camp with Pittsburgh for a while. You know, I mean, not for a while, but I've been training camp for the last couple of days. I came here Tuesday, Tuesday morning, left Tuesday morning in Pittsburgh, 6.20. Got here around 8.30 on the West Coast time. So I've just been following Coach T. 
You know, I've been following Coach T with the coaches meeting. I've been following Coach T with the scouting department. So I've been getting some good experience. Where, you know, now that I'm not playing, it's 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 been fun. I don't I don't miss crossing that line anymore. So I just leave it up to the young guys. Everybody always asks me like, "I do you miss football?" I'm like, "I'm gonna miss the camaraderie. I'm gonna miss my guys." But actually playing, no. Boy, that is about as lucky a thing as a, it seems to me as a pro athlete can say. It seems like guys get forced out before they want to. Other guys maybe hang around a little bit too long. It seems like it works out perfectly for you. And now, like you say, you're looking at maybe being a scout. This guy right here, Bucky Brooks, did that. You know, he was a player and everything else. Let's continue our series. Let's just jump into it, fellas, right? Let's uh, Let's go. Let's start talking uh, about AFC East. If you haven't heard, it's in the news this week. Uh, Really? one team in particular. I wonder what yeah. team that is. Seems to be the one people are focusing on. So let's kibitz about them. Bucky and I la- uh, earlier in the week on our first podcast talked about we broke down the NFC East. We played the ifs game. Right. Ike, what we do is the this team will win the division if this team will have a bad season if that happens. Also, we talked to Mark Cabali of the Pittsburgh Tribune review about the Pittsburgh Steelers and what's going on there. So if you want to listen to that podcast, I encourage you. Nay, demand that you go and dig that one up. But right now it is time for the AFC East ifs. And, Bucky, where else would we start than with the New England Patriots? The Patriots will win the 2015 AFC East if. If Jimmy Garoppolo shows that he can be a solid placeholder meaning that in the four games that he has to replace Tom Brady, he doesn't mess it up. I think if the Patriots are 2-2 two and two after four games, they're exactly where they need to be with Tom Brady coming back to the fold to take on the Indianapolis Colts in week six. I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo only needs to do what he's done really early in his career, be decisive with the ball, take care of the ball, use his legs because he's an athletic playmaker. But more importantly, I think Josh McDaniels just has to figure out what his young quarterback can do and then craft a scheme and a game plan around his strengths, much like they did with Matt Castle when he had to take over years ago when Tom Brady got hurt. Do you think, though, Ike, I mean, we saw it a couple of years ago when the last scandal broke and everything, that they came out with a chip, the biggest chip on their shoulder collectively that the world's ever seen. They they tore their way through the NFL until the Super Bowl. Is this now with Brady at his age? They just won a Super Bowl, so there's probably a little bit of a come down from that. Is this too much nonsense off the field for them to stay focused on football, or do you think they're going to be better than ever? Man, I think they're going to be better than ever. You know, And the reason why I think that because of Bill Belichick. You still got Bill Belichick as the head coach. And we all know, man, Bill Belichick is probably one of the best adjusters doing the game. So he might come in, his game plan might be something, but as the game go, goes along, his adjustment skills makes him Bill Belichick. You know, so – Whatever's going on outside that we're talking about with the New England Patriots, he's going to keep everything in a close-knit in the inside. He's not going to change for nobody. He's the dictator. He don't let none of us dictate to what he do. Any concerns about uh, the pieces? I mean, we'll get to that, I guess, when we talk about a, a disappointing season. But 
the loss of Revis and Browner, I mean, that just is uh, practically has got to be massive. But I think the counter to that is, well, yeah, well, if you watched the uh, Patriots the last uh, decade and a half, it doesn't make a difference who they throw out there. They always deliver, it seems. Well, I think it makes a difference in terms of what they do in the postseason. In the regular season, you can pencil them in. They're going to win 10 or 11 games. They do that regardless of who's on the field in the secondary. However, in the postseason, when they have to play real teams and deal with real receivers mm-hmm. on an every week basis, it becomes challenging. You talk about giving up Brandon Brown and Darrell Reeves, two guys who really gave them that identity in the back end. Whenever the Patriots have been good, it's because they've been able to play really good defense, particularly in the secondary. I don't know if they play up to that part with these guys replacing them. Am I overstating it to say, I mean, I, I, this is something I've said for now two years. If Gronkowski's healthy, that team on offense is just about hard, to, is just about impossible to stop. I don't care about Edelman or anything else. Is it, is it that simple? Gronkowski's healthy, that team is a – is a tough or that offense at least is uh, difficult he, to stop. He's probably been the most consistent receiver they had with Tom Brady. If you think about it, man, Tom really haven't had a receiver over three years who played with him. So mm. that's letting you know how good Tom is with that system and letting you know how good he is. But Tom always had that chip on his shoulder anyway. He's a six-round draft pick. I heard about that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? People yeah. tend to forget that. Like, so all these other guys we talking about going to the Hall of Fame are first-rounders. Mm-hmm. High second rounders. This guy bit in the sixth round. He, I mean, he got drafted in the sixth round. So that chip on his shoulder is going to get even bigger with this situation that's going on. It's funny that the two best teams last year both play with that massive chip on their shoulder. All right, now let's talk about the bad if. The New England Patriots are going to have a bad 2015 if, Bucky. If that defense doesn't come together like a championship-caliber defense, so much of the credit for the Patriots always goes to Tom Brady and what they do offensively. But I believe their Super Bowl success is directly tied to what they do on defense. When they have players on defense that can get after it, blue-chip players in the secondary, they win a ton of games, and they ultimately captured the chip. Darrell Reeves, Brandon Brown, and we talked about those guys. The loss of those guys is significant. Also, Vince Wilfork on the inside. Look, he wasn't playing at the same mm-hmm. level because he was an older player, but he was kind of the leader of that defense. He was the face of that defense. And so without just those three guys, this is a different defense. Bill Belichick has a lot of work to do with this unit, and I think Ike talked about his ability to adjust. He'll be tested because he will have to adjust his defense, maybe from man to zone, to figure out how to compensate for the losses that they've suffered. Let me tell you the biggest thing that they're going to have to deal with, and I agree with what you said earlier, Buck, about two and two is what they have to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo. If they're one and three, that's a that's a bigger than usual hole that they've ever been in. But the real factor is in 2015 is the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills are all legit, it would seem. you know, I, I can't imagine two of those teams being – uh, under 500. I mean, I, maybe one of them won't pan out, but at least two will, and maybe three might be really tough. They've never had to deal with that before. The last time there was one and three, they won a Super Bowl. Is that right? Yes. The last time they started off one and one three. One and three? I don't remember they, that at all. Yeah, that's when Bledsoe got hurt. Is that right? Oh, so and way Tom back Brady Brady's first in. year. The last time first time was one and difference, three. The difference was those teams – they were built around the defense. We could talk about the Willie yeah, that's Giannis, right. Teddy Bruschi, the guys right. that they had playing in that back end. They had a Ty really Law. solid – yeah, Ty Law was playing like one of the best yeah. corners in the game. <laughs> yeah. So, at the time, Tom Brady was nothing more than a game manager, more so than the playmaker. That defense isn't the same going into this season. So, if they start out one and three in a division that is increasingly more difficult with the pieces that have come into those other teams – 
it could be hard, but I don't think you can bet against Tom Brady. It's just hard for the Patriots. Well, as far as that goes, we just see the Bills' defense right. there. Tom Brady is I mean, he's an old man by football standard right. now. And, and, and the raised level of competition in the division, I know that people said, oh, look at how Brady answered his critics a year ago and they win the Super Bowl, and it was only six months ago that it happened. But at some point, Father Time is going to win and against higher competition. is that, And it does seem like Brady's lost his fastball ever so slightly. Are they going to dink and dunk a little bit? What do you expect out of him? Brady ain't losing no fastball. No. You know? Like, we've got to stop saying that. So we're putting age on, on – for a few players, you can put age on it and say they lost it. But for the most part, man, you don't really, you don't really need to be in shape to be a quarterback. Coach T I always talk about from the neck up, and these guys are aware the IQ is super high from the neck up as a quarterback. And in preparation, days, hours, watching tape, mm-hmm. and you can just see it. You can just see it like. You can see he demands respect when he's on that field, and this contagious throughout the whole. I agree with that. Offense. Except I agree with that, but then you look at Peyton Manning last December and January. He still had, that looked bad. He still had two one thousand yard receivers. True, but there was. But I just felt like, boy, you could see age setting in as the season yeah, wore on. What if that happens to him? No, nah, right now it's not. We uh, can't would have Tom Brady because right now it's not. With Peyton Manning, cool. Tom Brady right now, no. All right, next up, let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. They will win the 2015 AFC East if. If the defense dominates. If they play up to their potential, the Miami Dolphins can absolutely capture the AFC East. They have a defense that is outstanding when you look at it on paper. And Dominican Sue joining that front line. You have Cameron Rake. And then you have Olivier Vernon being able to rush the passer. When you think about defense, think of it as a, as a house. The foundation is that defensive line. Because they're so solid up front, they may not have to blitz much. That means they now can play more coverage-based mm. schemes. In that division, when you talk about facing a Tom Brady and those other quarterbacks, being able to play coverage first gives them a significant advantage. Well, that's what I talk about when I say the Patriots are going to have stiffer competition. Three of the five or six best defenses in the NFL this year could be the Bills, the Jets, and those Dolphins. Ike, you agree with uh, where Buck's coming down? Yeah, out, out the four teams in that AFC East division, Miami, for some reason, always give the Patriots hmm, Yeah, that's problems. right. They won always, one last year. Always give the Patriots problems. Now they're getting stout on their defense with the new addition. Um, Tannehill just signed his new new contract. He has weapons on the perimeter with Jarvis Landry and everybody else. So I like him. Um, still over Tom Brady? No. Will they give him, will they give him some, some trouble during the season? Yeah, but they do that all the time. But at the end, when it comes down to their postseason, as long as Bill Belichick and Tom Brady married, it's going to be tough. Well, I have said it, and I'll say it again now. The Miami Dolphins are going to win the AFC East, but this is the riskiest pick because if they get – if they're 1-3 and three, – they're going to be in trouble because that locker room will turn against Philbin. But I will say the easiest answer you can say about almost any NFL team is if the quarterback raises his level. But really with the Dolphins, to me, it comes down to that. The defense should be very good, if not dominant, Buck. And I do like the skill positions around him. I like that offensive line, as a matter of fact. It comes down to Tannehill elevating a little bit further. I mean, he's barely played the position, really, when you consider, you know, he only got into it at A&M in his last year there. He's new to it. Collegiate. Yeah, I mean, so I, to me, if he, if he does, if he continues to progress, and it, it sure looked like it last year, he was on the way. If he comes through, I see that team winning the division. I think the big thing for them is who's going to be the number one receiver. 
who's the number one receiver there. I know there's a lot of excitement about Jarvis Landry being a slot receiver coming in. Only averaged nine yards a catch, though. They have a new guy, Devontae Parker, coming in. Mm-hmm. Draft pick, Louisville, love the way he runs routes. Can he be the number one receiver right away? But the guy that I'm going to tell everyone to keep an eye on, Kenny Stills. They acquired him in a trade from New mm-hmm. Orleans. This is a deep threat. I'm talking about a guy who has 11 receptions of 40 yards or more the last two seasons. Keep an eye on him. He's a big-time playmaker. If Ryan Tannehill can push the ball down the field, they'll score more points. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and you didn't even mention Jordan Cameron is there. Greg yep. Jennings is – I don't think he's completely done. So, I- interesting stuff. Now let's flip it, though. Let's do the bad one. The Dolphins are going to have a disappointing season if. I mean, it goes back to the quarterback. I know we can make – the ifs are always about the quarterback. But if Ryan Tannehill doesn't go from good to great this year – they can't get over the hump because that defense is going to play lights out. The running game and what they were able to do in that spread offense with Lamar Miller gave them an opportunity. But it's going to come down to can Ryan Tannehill make those clutch plays in the fourth quarter. That's the next thing that he has to do. If he's going to be a franchise quarterback, can he take that next step? From what you've seen, you've gone up against him, Ike. Do you like Ryan Tannehill? you think he's capable of elevating into the top, I don't know, eight or ten QBs in the game? It's hard. He, he got the support. He's going to have yeah, a running right. game. He's going to have some receivers. His defense, of course, just looking at it on paper. But for the most part, the last couple of years, they've been having a solid defense. It's going to be on him, man. If he could not turn the ball over, they will win a lot of games. If he turns the ball over, they won't win games. But that defense will give him much more opportunities to try to score points. Like, like Buck said, it's going to be on Tannehill. You know, and like I said, too, I feel like um, if there's uh, the hottest hot seat in the NFL, it's got to be Joe Philbin sitting on it right now. Because <laughs> yes. if they if they come out of the gate badly, I mean, that locker room, I just like I say, I think will just turn against him and I'm going to look like a fool for saying they're going to win the division because they won't just go eight and eight. If, if, if they start out bad, this is a, a like a five and 11 kind of situation. Seven, right? nine, eight and eight, eight and eight. They've been mired right around that 500 mark. Mm-hmm. They have to push through. And so, and they haven't even him. finished strong. They had good records the last couple of years. And then in December, they, uh, they failed. He has to figure that out because that's something when everyone talks about, we break the season up into quarters, but you have to be playing your best football that last quarter. They haven't done that. So that's something that the coaching staff needs to figure it out. But you're absolutely right. The pressure's on him. They have to get out to a fast start. And the other thing that's nice is, too, they're already winners because I just saw their throwbacks that they're going to wear at some point this year. Those things are sweet, especially the Dolphin is now back wearing his helmet, which is good. <laughs> if nothing else, safety, yeah. you know, for safety, yeah. you know. All right, let's get now to oh, the – who's next here? The Buffalo Bills. Let's talk about them. A lot of high hopes there, obviously, yet again. The 2015 AFC East is theirs if, Buck. They win the AFC East if the quarterback play is just decent. They don't need to be outstanding at quarterback, whoever it is, E.J. Manuel, Tyrod Taylor, even Matt Castle. If they're just decent, they don't give the ball away, they'll win it because they have everything that you look for on paper in terms of the recipe for being a championship playoff-type team. Strong, dominant defense. They were able to lead the league in sacks last year without even really blitzing. So now you bring a blitz master and Rex Ryan and Dennis Thurman to come after it. I like what they do. Shady McCoy comes over. 
Greg Roman is a guy that loves to run a game, loves to be exotic and creative in the run game. You now have a masterpiece, a guy that can run 300-plus carries and Shady McCoy. And then there's the X factor. And I know people are up and down on Percy Harvin, but he is someone. When he's on the field, he's that's where, where's Waldo. He's you have to pay attention to where he is. So now, and think about that. That's right. He's one of the – he is the classic guy. You don't need – he never has to touch the ball. If he's on the field, you account he's for distracting. You account for him. We, we, we played – I played Percy when he first came in in Minnesota, and I hit Percy. I had a clean shot on Percy, and I thumped him real good, but I felt it also. And I mm. was like, man, this dude, that receiver, is strong as an ox. But then you go back to see what he did in, in Florida. He played running back, so he's used to them hits. Mm. So he's like comparable, um, an upgraded version of Golden Tate. Mm. And if you think about you know Golden what I'm saying? Tate, when you think about Golden Tate and those kind of guys, we call them catch-and-run specialists, meaning you just want to get the ball in their hands and let them do what they do yes. on the perimeter. Percy Harvin is the guy that is really built to play that role. But now, look, I'm telling you, Shady McCoy is in the backfield. Percy Harvin is outside. You still got to deal with that man on the outside and Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. So now, with Charles Clay also coming over, who are you going to play one-on-one on? And so if the quarterback can just figure out I just need to get the ball to the open guy. The Buffalo Bills offense. We talk, we talk about the same situation, just, just a different city. We said the same thing it's about right. Miami. That's right. Now we're saying the same thing about uh, Buffalo Bills. Who should they start at QB? Go ahead, you first, Buck. I think the guy that's going to start is going to be Tyrod Taylor. I think Ooh. no one knows about Tyrod Taylor because he was kind of stuck behind Joe Flacco in Baltimore. But what he is, alpha dog personality, athletic quarterback, a guy that got, has some grit to him. Remember, he's from that, that Tidewater area in Virginia. This guy is not a game. He's not to be dealt with. He is desperate for an opportunity to be the starting quarterback. If they put him on the field with his athleticism, I told you Shady and Percy and those guys, his ability to make plays with his feet, it could be a problem. It's crazy how loaded they are on offense and defense, except at QB. Who are you starting, I, Buck? I, I mean, I, I, I got to go with Buck. I got to say Tyrod Taylor, man. Just being around Coach T and knowing he's from that Virginia area, being around the James Farias, uh, the, the, the Sean Barbers, the Shamarcos, the Plexicos. One thing you know about them guys, them guys got a lot of pride hmm. and they hate to lose. So just, just understanding that area – and the athletes that come from that area. Tyrod, man, he have a lot of experience playing that quarterback position. He gave us hell a few times. Hmm. He gave us hell a few times. So I think he's going to be the starter also. Quickly to piggyback off that, because you talk about Coach T, I was at a pro day and Coach T was talking about Tyrod Taylor, EJ Manuel. Understand, they're both from the same area. Tyrod Taylor was the big dog in the area. So there may be a situation where EJ Manuel may be a little more deferential right. to Tyrod Taylor because of respect right. that Tyrod Taylor commanded as a high school guy. Here's one thing I'll guarantee you is that Rex Ryan is going to be worth an extra win or two. He is going to be a short-term guy who's gonna, who is going to boost them up from where He's they were. He's a player's here. coach. Yeah, that's right. I think that has yeah. a short-term benefit to any team. All right, now let's do the other side of it. And, uh, and we'll talk about uh, the Bills will have a disappointing season if Buck, but I, you know, before you even say, I just, I, I'll throw out this: Matt Castle as the starter is the least inspiring of the of the three options. Like I said last week about the Browns and starting Josh McCown, <laughs> there's no future there. There's not that you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Josh McCown. That's a given. Same thing here. They might win the division, but Matt Castle does not end the season holding up a Lombardi trophy. You got to roll with one of the two guys who at least maybe has the potential to do well, that. Now jump into the bad end. Well, I'll say this now. I'm not going to poo-poo 
completely on Matt Castle because he led Kansas City. To I didn't say he's bad. He I say 11, he can't, his high he won, end is not the Super Bowl. He won 11 games with the New England Patriots. I will say this. Greg Roman and that crew in San Francisco found a way to remake Alex Smith into a winning quarterback. Mm. So maybe he's the guy because he doesn't turn the ball over. Maybe he wins the job. Ultimately, for me, the Buffalo Bills have a bad season if Rex kind of tries to be the mad scientist and does too much. He has a lot of talent at his disposal on defense. They can really come after people and go back and look at the problems they typically give New England. As long as he doesn't get wayward and kind of becomes the blustery, boisterous guy that kind of does a little too much talking, the Buffalo Bills are going to be fine. I expect them to be right there. Oh, I want the heat, Buck. You know I like that. I like when they trash talk. I want to hear more of it, not less of it. If, Mike, I'll if, see you. If, if Coach Rex get out his game plan, meaning start passing the ball a lot, because he's known for ground and pound, play action passes, uh, defense is going to win these games, I need my quarterback to manage. If he can just stick to that script, and, and sometimes, it, sometimes throughout the games – or sometimes you might go into the game passing it, but that's not going to be your game plan. That's never been Coach Rex Ryan's game plan to pass the ball everywhere. He likes to run the ball. He's an old-school kind of coach. I like to ground and pound. I like to play good defense. And when my quarterback needs to throw the ball, I'm going to let my quarterback throw the ball. But he's going to figure it out in spurts during the game. Like, okay, my quarterback is hot right now. Let's keep this passing going. But if he has that attitude, I think throughout the whole season, it's going to mess him up. My big concern is you talk about Greg Roman, and, you know, he comes from San Francisco. He loved Frank Gore, the downhill running Carlos Hyde and all that. Is Shady now jump from one place that doesn't really play to his strengths into another one like that, or can Shady get off and be what we saw two years ago? Well, it's not on Shady to change because Shady is who he is. It's well, right. coaching staff to change. So now and when I look at the creativity of an offensive coordinator, can Greg Roman look at what Shady brings to the table and say, you know what, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to say he can because I saw what they did with Colin Kaepernick. They were a team that was a power football team that started to add some of that zone read, read option stuff with their quarterback. So with Shady McCoy, you understand. He likes to run on the edges. I'm going to make sure that the bulk of his carries are directed outside the tackles and then allow him to do what he does. Don't don't get it twisted. The the best or the worst that's going to bring a player out is competition. And Fred Jackson is not a bad running back. That's right, yeah. And Fred Jackson might be one of your most underrated running backs. So if, Fred, if, if Shady's not getting the job done, he know Fred Jackson right behind him. Because Fred Jackson, if you th- in my mind, he's a starter also. Mm-hmm. You know, so – even though he's might not he might not be a perimeter running guy, I mean that but he's the typical Rex Ryan kind of running back. He's he's in the whole guard to guard kind of running back. So that competition gonna bring out the best out of I Shady. love that wiggle of Shady. Yeah. Well now I like le- watching Lev Bell a little bit more, but Shady's still uh, in the mix for my favorite runners to watch. All right, let's round it out now. The New York Jets, Bucky Brooks, they'll win the twenty fifteen AFC East if if they have the number one defense in all of pro football. If Ty Bowles, to do it. If Ty Bowles is able to get that defense to play at a number one level where they hold people under, I'm going to say, 15 points, and they're suffocating people on the outside, like I think that those guys would do with Cromartie and Revis on the outside, I believe they can win the AFC, the AFC East. He is going to come after people. He's going to challenge people, and they can knock him off. The smartest thing they were able to do in the offseason in the draft, they took Leonard Williams. So now they have a situation with Sheldon Richardson. He goes out. Guess what? We plug Leonard Williams in. Nothing changes for that defense. That defense is lights out. All they got to do is just tell Geno, look, only throw it to people in green or white. If they don't, if he doesn't mess it up, 
they're going to win a lot of games. You agree with that, Ike? Another underrated running back in Chris Ivory. Yeah, he's a banger. He he is a banger. So that means, man, he can't control the clock. And you got a possession receiver, which I think is a good receiver in Brandon Marshall. For for a young quarterback like Geno Smith, to have a Brandon Marshall on your team is huge because you can throw it anywhere in his vicinity and he's going to catch the ball. Does he turn the I Buck, you've led the parade for Geno Smith. You think he turns the corner this year and proves the world wrong? I if he does, I'm with you. I they win the I don't know how that defense fails when you throw Revis back in there in that secondary now with and they look a lot like the New York Giants really with the what the pass rush should be and what that that uh that front four should be, right? Yeah, I'm I'm a believer in Geno. I think Geno's going to turn it around. And part of the reason I believe he's going to turn it around is yes, he's an older quarterback, he's more mature, he's had a lot of snaps to figure it out um, I think the system that he played in previously and look I like Marty Morgan he was one of my coaches in the past I think they asked him to do too much Chan Gailey has traditionally done a great job of that's the ticket right quarterbacks he turned Cordell Stewart into a Pro Bowl quarterback in Pittsburgh had Tyler Thigpen playing at a high level in Kansas City running the pistol Ryan Fitzpatrick was a gunslinger in Buffalo that was giving people problems until he got paid and then he kind of changed but Chan Gailey does a good job of working with quarterbacks. Look, Geno just has to make sure he doesn't turn over. If he doesn't turn over, plays efficiently, they'll be fine. Again, yeah. we still talk about this quarterback. That's exactly right. It's all now, 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 now we're in three cities. It's the easiest division <laughs> yeah. to address because, yeah, the QB cities. plays well. They're going to win the division, right? Yep. yep. All right, let's uh, flip it then to the other side. And, yeah, if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, Chan Gailey can't be seduced by uh, by the beard once again, if he runs it's got to be Geno. If, if Ryan Fitzpatrick runs on the field, it's a problem. The Jets will have a disappointing season then if. If Ryan Fitzpatrick runs. <laughs> That's right. But only only because if Ryan Fitzpatrick runs onto the field, that means that Geno Smith right. is not playing well, always been hurt for whatever reason. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a gunslinger, but he's a gunslinger in like what I call a limited fashion, meaning he has an expiration date. I can get away with him for four or five weeks, but when that film gets on and people get too much, too many opportunities to see exactly who he is, He's going to mess it up. I got to have Geno Smith playing the majority of this now. I like how you always say, Buck, about the uh, about the chess match that a QB shows you something and can look really good for a month, but then NFL defenses can figure out how to take away what you want to do, and then you have to respond as the QB and figure out something else. And those Matt Castle, Ryan Fitzpatrick type of guys don't have that next – don't have the answer. The following, answer the following year, like give a defensive coordinator – a whole year in the offseason to adjust, and he's going to expose you. That's why we never get caught caught up as players in the hype. You know, it, 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 we're supposed to as fans and as media guys, but as players you never get caught up in the hype because, man, you know in the offseason what these defense and these offensive coordinators are doing, they're trying to diagnose the, uh, the next player. Well, that's, well, that leads me nicely into my next uh, question for you. Todd Bowles seems like, wow, what a, that, that's great that the Jets got him. Look at what he did in Arizona, how terrific he was, his pedigree, you know, the guys who he's worked with over the years. All this seems like, oh, he'll be a great uh, head coach. But we've seen in the last few years, Pat Shermer, there, there's something, there's a difference between being a great coordinator and being a great head man. Joe Philbin, we talk about him. There's Steve Spagnuolo, just guys that aren't cut to be the lead man. Any concern, Buck? that uh, Todd Bowles can't hack it, especially in Manhattan. No, no, because, Todd, I go all the way back to Todd. When I was playing in Green Bay, Todd Bowles was a scout for the Green Bay Packers. Left to join Doug Williams. They were coaches at Morehouse. He is Name tremendous. Dropper. 
That's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Tremendous pedigree. Remember, he played up under Joe Gibbs. He also worked under Bill Parcells. So he has yeah. – don't let the smooth taste fool you. He has some grit and some edge to him where he'll get into it with players and challenge them. He'll challenge them in a way that is a very, very mature way, but they're going to be very prepared, but he's also going to make sure that they have that dog in them. You have to have that ability. And we may not see it for public consumption and public display, but best believe, as you talk about Coach T getting in them in meeting rooms, he's going to hold them accountable. And that's what any team wants because that's what allows you to go to the next level. He's seasoned. I mean, the man go from coaching, he played, he used to be a scout. So he pretty much knows everything you need to be as a head coach in the NFL. Now he just got his opportunity. And do you hear, because people know, at least in Pittsburgh and uh, Phoenix know this, that a lot of ex-Steelers wind up in Arizona. You hear from anybody down there say, like, oh, yeah, Todd Larry Bulls Foot. is this? or yeah, do Larry, they... Larry Foot, Larry Foot play, play with him. Likes so, him? Yeah, he, he he's a player's coach. You know what I'm saying? And when you have that, he's going to hold them accountable because he understands the NFL. But at the same time, man, when you're walking into that meeting and the coach say, like Coach T say, man, two – Two dogs, one bone, meaning, man, yeah. Hey, at the cornerback position, we got Ike and Cortez. Okay, I can only play one of them. Let's see how you do this week. You know, okay, Ike gets to start this week, Cortez. Cool. All right, this is not official with Ike. Ike got to play good in this game. If Ike don't play good in this game, we back at square one on Monday with two dogs, one bone. Cortez, here go your opportunity. So once that gets established and it looks like Coach Ty Bowles has a recipe like that, Everybody know from day one, one, there's no favors, no favoritism. Two, man, I got to handle my business. This is grown man stuff right here. Hmm. Um, all right, so Ike goes with the Patriots. I go with the Dolphins. Go ahead, Buck. Give us your uh, your team. Mm-mm-mm. And if another team from that division makes the playoffs. I say the Patriots missed the playoffs outright, by the way. Yeah, I think two teams come from that division. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to make the playoffs. I agree with but that. I think I'm leaning towards the Dolphins winning mm. the division for whatever reason. I love what the Buffalo Bills said. I think until I see them play in the preseason game and get a better hold of the quarterback, I'm reserved judgment. So I'm going to go with Dolphins winning, the Bills coming in second, and the Patriots just on the outside. Not because of the Tom Brady thing. I just don't think that defense is as good as it has been. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the Patriots. I'm going to stick with the Patriots, and I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills because Miami always tend to fall off at the end of the season. True, true. And, in fact, you guys would have made the playoffs two years ago if uh, yeah, if Antonio Brown hadn't stepped out on the uh, flea flicker desperation uh, kickoff return right. at the end of the game. All right. Now Christmas in summertime continues. Another guest joining us in Studio 66, courtesy the talent Turk, Marcus Smith himself. Here he is, everybody. Another of our all-time favorites, <laughs> Nate Burleson. What's the poop, fella? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm even better. Listen, this it's all <laughs> coming to fruition, you know? <laughs> Bucky, we've kibitzed, you know, for a few years. Yeah. Then we met Ike and we met Nate a few years ago. And I said, man, it would be fun to do something with just one of those guys. Now look at this. I know you got a players club up here. It's a bounty. Club. It's a bounty. Yeah. I know. Yeah. The four of us and the stories yeah. we could tell about our NFL days. Yeah. We should do that. The we should do that right now. First of all, let me just say this. Uh, tigerblood.com, Nate Burleson. Lionblood.com. Oh, I said ti- – why did I say tigerblood? I don't know, man. Your favorite animal is a tiger. 
I don't even like the tiger. I don't know where that came. I'm sorry. Lion. It's all right. I'm a Leo though, so you gotta get it right. I'm real sensitive about you know my lion title. <laughs> and you're wearing the Honolulu blue. It looks like just about <laughs> that the Still lion wear. Detroit a little bit. So lionblood.com. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a heel, but either way, sure. it's very fashionable. You can see Nate himself is a fashionable fella. Um, and Nate, we were talking at the top, of course. Ike, this is his first go round in I guess 16 or 17 years without training camp. And I love these stories. To me, if I were a player, I really would – like. I don't know if it would be number one, but it would be in the top two or three uh, parts of where I go as a free agent is uh, do I have to live in a dorm room for a month with another guy or do I get to <laughs> stay at home? Right, right. How say you on training camp? You miss it at all? No, I, I don't miss it. It was, it was too hot and it was too much work. I bet. But there's bits and pieces of training camp that I miss. It's the time off the field. It's the late night staying up when you're just chilling with your boys, relaxing. It's it's that cold beer after four or five days of practice. Um, it, it's those moments that I miss. You know, the on-field stuff, we've been doing that our whole lives. But there's moments that you look back and you say, that was fun. That was really fun. First of all, how's the food? The food's good. Is you it? You know, most teams try to provide as much food as they can. But the trouble is you're so tired, so exhausted. By the time you get to the cafe or the cafeteria, you don't want to eat. And then after a week and a half, it all smells the same, no matter what it is. You go in there and they say, oh, we got pasta and, and lobster and, and fish. But then you look at it, yeah, it smells the same. We ain't had none of that. Lobster. <laughs> I kind of threw lobster out there. I don't know if we had lobster. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying it all smells the same. And then you're like, you know what? Let me just get a PB&J because I need to get something down to get ready for this next practice. I see. You know what? I think we've we've tapped into something here. Ike Taylor wears a Super Bowl ring because he wasn't eating fancy uh, shellfish, you know. Maybe they treated you too well, Nate. Maybe they treated us too well. <laughs> Maybe we, we was eating too good. That's what it was. <laughs> That's why we couldn't uh -huh. play on the field. <laughs> what was the solo? You talk about these late nights. What are you guys doing? I, I mean, I can't. I, to me, it seems like. You know, you hear the old guys tell stories, and, yeah. it's, and it's charming, but shame the devil if modern-day players are out having fun. Do you guys get to go out and, uh, you know, hit the town and stuff, well, or you always well, just shut down? Well, since it's story time, that's the perfect thing. I love stories, <laughs> Nate. <laughs> so, my second year, I'm kind of feeling myself. You know, I got a chance to start next to Randy. I'm in a wide Moss. receiver competition. In case Randy anybody Moss, doesn't know. Right? I, I, I have a wide receiver competition with Marcus Robinson. So I feel like I've arrived a little bit. I'm not feeling myself completely, but I'm like, you know what? I'm somewhat of a vet, one of the <laughs> older guys in the receiver room. So we get to training camp, and we go out one night. We have the morning off. We still got to report later on at practice, but we have the morning off. So guys go out, let their hair down a little bit, and a couple older vets was like, you know what? I don't have to go back to the dorms. Oh, and I'm oh, thinking oh. to myself, uh-oh. Well, maybe I shouldn't go back, but they're like, look, young fella, <laughs> you need to go. We got different rules. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to go stay at my hotel where it's more comfortable, relax a little bit, sleep in. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to stay anywhere else, but I'm just going to skip curfew and just keep relaxing. I think we was at a local bar or something. I like that it's relaxing. Right. So I, I was with one of my teammates. I'm going to keep relaxing. And they locked the doors and they got cameras outside the dorms. So I'm, it's past curfew at this point. I think curfew is 11. It's around 1230. <laughs> it's around 12.30. I'm sneaking back into the dorm room like a cat burglar. I'm trying to jimmy in the lock because they purposely lock out the door yeah. so they know who's stuck out there. Yeah. I go all the way around the dorm. This is in Mankato from Minnesota. I go all the way around the dorm. I jimmy it open. I finally get in. I get in my bed. I'm like, I made it. Nobody saw me. I'm good. I wake up, chilling. There's no knock on my door. I'm like, I'm straight. 
I get to practice. Mike Tice walks up to me. Envelope in his hand. Yep. Hey, Mr. Burleson, we know you're late. Hope it was worth it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just had a couple drinks, coach. I'm here. I'm, I'm ready. And he was like, well, I didn't find you the complete fine. But trust me, you do this again, you're going to get the full Monty. So th- that was the one time where I was like, all right, don't do as the others do. That was my one lesson where I thought, I'm not going to act like a vet until right. I'm actually So most a vet. guys, so, so when you're young, most teams, I should say, you're, you're held to a different standard. But, right. like, when you get to year four or five, then it's like, yeah, you can go stay in a hotel or you can go home and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, it, it, all depends on, it all depends on the team. Like, some teams, like, you stay in dorms. Uh, when I was in Jacksonville, we stayed in hotels. Um, but much like Nate talks about, like, that second year, when you've been through it for a while, you kind of feel like you're going through it. So in Buffalo, they were coming off four straight Super Bowls when I got there. So in 94, I get there. It's cush. I'm talking like <laughs> it's like it is now. Like Andre Reid and all the vests, they're going out in tights and maybe some shells on top. Two practices, but both practices are an hour and 15 minutes. Mm. So I just want you to understand, most training camp practices are two, yeah, two, and, two and, a and a half. Hour 15, we stretch – we go to one-on-one, seven-on-seven team, and we're out. Ugh. Like, that's what it is. Wednesdays and Saturday nights, no curfew. Mm. So, no curfew Wednesday and Saturday. You go back to Buffalo because we were at Fredonia State at the time. Go back to Buffalo, put your feet up, do whatever you do. You just have to be back the next day at eight. So, I'm a young fella. I'm out. I'm hanging out. I'm going to the city. Go to the city. <laughs> I'm there on a, on a Wednesday night. Like, I have no curfew. I just got to be back. And I don't know if you've ever had that sleep where you're like, man, I'm good. Then you look up and you, you get that feeling like, I'm supposed to be oh, somewhere. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, <laughs> <start> light. <laughs> it's, it's light. I'm supposed to be at the special teams meeting at 730. I'm in Buffalo. Mm. It's 720. <laughs> mm. I got a 45-minute ride <laughs> to Fredonia. The so, longest ride of your life. Longest ride. So now <laughs> the thing is, do I walk into the room late or do I just not go? So much like Nate, I'm That's like, you know what? Question. I'm just going to get taped up. I'll just meet him on the field. Yeah, like Marv that. Levy, Hall of Fame coach. Hey, young fella. Where you at this point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you didn't know I was there, huh? <laughs> yeah, a little ching a ling a ling So, and, and what's it like? In, is Cow, was Cower worse on that stuff or Tomlin? Oh, man. And did you, we, have, and did you have a, uh, a night like this? Man, pill pressure got me. <laughs> it's interesting that it's nobody. It's none of your I'm fault sucker, that this happened. You I'm guys sucker, got sucked into it. I'm a sucker for peer pressure, man. Ah. We had Deuce Staley, we had Bussy, aka Jerome, the two veteran guys, Plex and Peasy, all five of them guys, and James Ferrier. Them guys took me under their wing, so they did it too early. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed, yeah, I stayed getting in trouble. Like it won't no curfew. Like I didn't care if I got caught. I didn't care about nothing else, but we used to play. We used to have these spade tournaments. We played. We played cards in the dorm six, seven in the morning. So we'll we'll literally, bam, last hand. After that last hand, go work out. After workouts, we'll go eat. After we go eat, it's time for morning practice. We played cards. We played cards one training camp every day for about five or six in the morning. Mm. In the morning. In the morning, and then whenever we wanted to go out, we stepped out. I mean, he, 
in Latrobe, Pennsylvania? Man, no question. They got man, two you balls. You make it happen wherever you are. They got, got, balls. <laughs> they got two they got balls two in balls. Latrobe, man. I mean, if you if you if you dead long enough, man, the cafeteria worker looking good. Camp eyes. Camp eyes. Camp eyes. Normally, out in the city, you wouldn't even give that girl a shot. In training camp. Man, you look good in the training. Man. Yeah. If they think you're a god in Pittsburgh, PA, I can't uh, imagine how you're regarded. But it's road. funny, though, because some guys you get them camp eyes two, three weeks in. Yeah. And then there's some dudes, they get it on day two. You're like, they Yo, already, got it, bro. Already? <laughs> already? <laughs> already. You'll join me in a fortnight. Don't worry. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to come around to my side. All right. That, awesome stuff there. Now let's talk about something. That, Nate, last time you were in, we kibitzed about briefly. And I just want to get the conversation going. But we still have some time before regular season gets going here. But, you know, everybody talks in platitudes all the time about, like, hey, to win a Super Bowl, you know, you you win a, you win championships with defense. And you, there, it ends up being a list of about 197 things you need to have in order to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And, of course, only a few of them are really true, things that you can't do without and still get a Lombardi trophy. Ike, you have one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, start with you here. Tell me something. Let's start with quarterback. That's the one. Oh, you got to have the uh, the superlative that we hear way too much is elite. Call it whatever you want. Do you have to have a top five or six or seven QB? Do you have to have it to win a Super Bowl? So we always talk about this quarterback is a game manager. All your top quarterbacks who won Super Bowls been great game managers. So we put this category for quarterbacks supposedly supposedly supposed to be so-so as a game manager. Man, all your, your, your Tom Brady is a game manager. Your Drew Brees is a game manager. You say that, and you know what? People always think that I'm you know, being negative somehow by no, using game manager. That's exactly it's, it's, what I it's, That's it's what not. those guys they, are. They right. manage the game yep. well. Your Ben Roethlisberger is a game manager. Your Tom Brady, he's a game manager. Like all these guys manage the game well. So when you do say it, it's like, dang, how are you going to say a second-tier guy is a good game manager? No, your elite guys mm. are great game managers because that's what you want your quarterback to do is to manage the game. Yeah, I point out, uh, I think, in the 21st century that almost every Super Bowl, save three, have been won by um, you know Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli. Flacco, and Eli. Right. Flacco snuck through. Brad Johnson snuck through. Trent Dilfer did, and they all had great defenses. Talk about Russell Wilson too. And Russell Wilson, but you know, and it's funny because so if you don't have an elite QB, you can sneak through. It's rarer than having one of those top five QBs, but you can sneak through. If you have a really dominant defense, you know, Roethlisberger gets At his we, first one. We had a good 05 and 09. We had that good dominant defense. Right. But if you're not an elite quarterback, what I think is, is a controlled running game. Mm-hmm. Like Drew Brees, people forgot there was number five in the league mm-hmm. in running when they won the Super Bowl. Led the league in turnovers on defense. So, you know what I'm saying? So right. some of yeah. what people say about quarterbacks, because we like to give everything to the quarterbacks. Oh, right. you have to have a top five. But if you look at the guys that won, that were in the top five, look at the defenses that played with them. Like, you win the Super Bowl as a complete team. No one is skating through on the heels of, oh, I got a great quarterback and nothing else. Like, you have to have a quarterback, you need to have a solid running game that can run out the clock, and you have to play defense. And that defense needs to be either creating turnovers or keeping the score down. All right, we got to build this list out. What about do you need to have – 
a high-end wide receiver, Nate Burleson, former wide receiver? You know, I, I don't necessarily think you need a high-end wide receiver, but you need one dominant pass catcher. And I, I say that because it, it could come at the wide receiver position. It could be your outside guy running Z or X. It could be your F slot guy. It could be your tight end. It could be a Gronk for the Patriots. Um, you know, it could be a guy like Randy Moss when, when he played and got to the Super Bowl with the Patriots. It, it's it's all about having somebody that you can go to that is an absolute gamer in certain moments. I would have loved to have seen Dez Bryant in the Super Bowl because hmm. I feel like he would have been one of the most dominant players because there's not too many receivers that are as passionate as him. So when you have a game manager – in a good running game, you got to have somebody that's catching the ball, whether it's a running back out the backfield or a tight end or receiver. But you need one guy that's an absolute gamer. And he doesn't even have to be the most elite individual during the regular season. You look at Deion Branch when he got mm-hmm. Super Bowl MVP, you wouldn't look at his regular season and said, this is going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl. But he was a gamer in that moment. And that's all it is. Man, I'd love to do this for another four or five hours, but it's time to shut it down today. But you know what? The good news is we can keep on rolling. Yeah. We got to bring in other old pals like Michael Robinson and A.J. Hawk, and then we'll really be cooking the gas. <laughs> in the meantime, Nate Burleson, lionblood.com is how you check out his <laughs> uh, his hip fashions. You can maybe find a Merce even on there. I don't oh, know yeah. if you can. I left my Merce. All right, but there. Nate Burleson, watch him on Total Access and everywhere else. He is uh, He's as good as it gets. Ike Taylor, what a pleasure to have you in Studio 66 at yeah. long last, and we'll get to keep Kibitzin. Bucky Brooks, our 2015 MVP thus far. Now, some challengers, Bucky. <laughs> you got to raise your game like Nate was just talking about. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.